The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Ashra Blakely and Gary Washburn. The season slowly creeping upon us, but our first thing on the agenda today is Jalen Brown making big three history by being the first. That sounded so disrespectful. You um, know it's a slow day I, when we talk about big three. The way you wrote it in the rundown is already it's very telling. But he's the first NBA player to, the active NBA player to play in the big three. What did you two think about that, first of all? I'm just glad he's doing something. Uh, uh, keeping himself active, keeping himself busy. And yeah, I know part of it went to charity, which is great. Um, and I know Ice Cube, you know, being the businessman that he is, is going to absolutely blow this up and make it a bigger deal than it really is. Um, but, it, you know, it, it just keeps Jalen in the news in a positive way. And and, and if we're being honest and real, if, if, at this day and age in the NBA, if, if your young stars are in the news and it's positive, then you're going to roll with that. You're just going to keep it moving. So it, it's, it's cool and everything, but, you know, I, this ain't going to be like the, uh, you know, the, if they win a championship, we're not going to look back and say, well, man, you know what? That 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 nine that nine points he got in the big three all-star game, man, that was it. That was the turning point. That was the catalyst to all his greatness. Nah, that, it ain't that kind of party. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. I'm going to have to disassociate myself with, with Sherrod on this one. I ain't going against Ice Cube. Okay. Like, like, <laughs> like I didn't heard too many NWA records of West Side Connection to be trying to this Ice Cube. Not doing that. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Bro. Ice Cube, if you're listening, we respect Sorry, you. Sorry, Cube. <laughs> Big three. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I know. That's that other dude. That other dude was hating. I'm on Ice Cube side. No, I think it's a good thing. I thought it was cool. It was in London. Um you know, for Jalen to, to get some some exposure to the league, he came to the uh, to the games when they were in Boston. Mm-hmm. So I think just for him to make a friend, for the league to make a friend to him, and him to make a friend to the league, I think it's a good thing. The big three, you know, is trying to you know expand. And I I understand Cube's point here. I mean, let's be honest, man. We be watching like cornhole on ESPN, and we be watching. Over. Yeah, that slam dunk basketball, the slam. You ever watching that, Kwani? The no. slam ball? No. You've not, I know like, what you're talking about. I was yeah, they, watching Cornhole at NABJ when I was waiting for my flight. It was very... Yeah, like, and they can't put the big three on. Like, I think Ice Cube got a point there. Like, yeah, you know, like, we'd be watching archery and, <laughs> I mean, all types of stuff because the summer's slow. Let's face it. Like, we're, thank goodness, college football. Is starting on coming this coming Saturday. The full season kicks off. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball's kicking in. NFL's a week from uh, next weekend. Wait, did your school find a conference yet, though? Because no, we we're, we're close. Uh, we're close. We're close. Sure, I don't want to talk about it, but we're getting close. To the- Checks in the mail. That's what that's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah, like like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go old school on you, Kwani, before you're born. Like you down with ACC, yeah, you know me. I know Who's that. down with ACC? Everybody, everybody. So we about to be down with the ACC. We don't watch we, you. <laughs> we we found a home. We have found a home. Wait, if it happens, AC- we should rename the podcast the ACC yeah. alum. No, that's not good. But we'll have the ACC tie if that happens. Yeah, happening. we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> it ain't happening. That's all it's, you're it's the ACC is the ACC is give us free, give us free a cow. So. 
just let me know, Kwani. Let me know, Sharad, what I need to bring to the to the ACC barbecue. So we 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 uninvited. We coming through. We the uncle. You're like, oh, that fool showed up. Oh, so damn. We all gonna look around and be like, who invited him? him. Right. Why is hide he here? Hide your cash hide, hide your cash and hide the hide the, hide the alcohol, hide the liquor. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because you know I'm we coming in drinking everything, right. borrowing a couple of dollars, and cheating at dominoes. <laughs> so but let me know what you want me to bring. You know what I'll bring about wife will love this. I'll bring the wine in a box. <laughs> I'll be <honest. laughs> I'll bring I'll bring a box of wine for everybody. Y'all love that, don't wine. Yeah, you're wine in the box. So anyway, <laughs> I'm down with I think it was a cool thing for, for Jalen to play in the big three. Great exposure for the league. The league's been looking for legitimacy. I think what happened with the big three, unfortunately, for Ice Cube was when he started the league, remember it was supposed to be dudes like Paul Pierce and KD. Gee, remember, maybe even uh, God bless him, Kobe, like some of these guys, he he was hoping that he would get these like Dwayne Wade and Carmelo. He would get these like recent retired players who still wanted to hoop, but traveling to 10 cities in 10 weeks, these guys got plenty of money, so they don't need it. So it's become a league where it's got, you know, like Sherrod's buddy, Dante Green and, uh, you know, from Syracuse. You got guys in the league that either Earl Clark, guys that didn't have great careers or just trying to st- keep their name in it. So the name recognition, and then they started letting in guys who didn't play in the league. So you got like, where'd that do? Who is that? You know, there's a couple of guys hooping that never played in the league. So I understand Cube's frustration here because I think he wanted to have a whole level, different level of players thinking that this would be a way for the outlet for them. But those guys, you know, as we know with the NBA salaries, don't really need the money uh, like their predecessors did. So I think right. it was awesome for Jalen to step up and to play um, in this game, give us exposure. It was in London, so it wasn't like it was in, you know, Buffalo or something. I mean, it was in, I mean, it was a great place. I mean, we, they even got Scal out there doing interviews and stuff. So I'm all for Jalen supporting the big three. I'm on Ice Cube side, Sherrod, unlike others, you know. He's from Cali. I'm, I'm down, I'm down with the Westcott connection, Mac 10, WC, you know, bow down. I'm all I'm a West I'm a West Coast dude. So, you know, I'm all by I'm on Ice Cube side, Sherrod, unlike some of us here. <laughs> some of us here, you know, I I learned and remember all the NWA songs about what they was gonna do to fools. That's so I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on I'm good with Ice Cube. Man, you ain't about it. <laughs> I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm just let him slide. He, he's that dude. Who's like, I got your back. I got your back. While he's Man, walking back, yeah. while he's walking back. Like, I'm, oh damn, dude, 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 swung. I, I didn't see that. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. See, this is, is he, we can't have is nice he around? Things. Is he around anywhere? Oh, okay. He, he gone. Oh, let me help you. You know, yeah, that's me. And that's why we ain't inviting you to barbecue. Yeah, I need to petition <laughs> my local congresswoman so that Cal does not get into the ACC. You're going to hit up, you're gonna hit up Ida Presley. Ida Presley. <laughs> this has nothing to do with me. <laughs> they, need to call her right now. Really? <laughs> need call to call her. Got it on speed dial. Be oh, like AP. Funny. Be like AP. Keep <laughs> that fool his crew out. Yeah. All right. Watch your watch your alcohol. Watch your cash. We cheating at Domino's. And we, I'm gonna bring a nice, bo- nice box of wine to the That's ACC barbecue. Go ahead. 
All right, <laughs> moving on. Jalen Brown, we're already on that topic. Let's talk about his workout with Jason Tatum. Every few months this comes up, but what do you think this says to fans about this fake rivalry that everyone has made up in their head at this point? The fact that these two were able to not only hang out during the offseason, but obviously work out, which is what I would say fans want to see. Go ahead, G. I think it's, I mean, I don't know how much, I know people want to create this rivalry. Mm -hmm. I mean, they get they get along. They're good friends, right? They're homies. Like when J- Jason came back from the Olympics, he went to Vegas. He put the gold medal around Jalen's neck. They took a picture. Like they are, they want each other to succeed. I talked to Jason a couple weeks ago at the Hall of Fame. He was a no. He said it was a no brainer for Jalen to sign his contract extension. So they want to win a championship. They know how important they each other is to their success, right? Because at this point, the only thing stopping those guys from greatness is a championship. Jason knows how big it is. Jalen knows how big it is. So I think it's awesome for them uh, to be working out with the, the Drew Hanlon and and just getting some work in together. And I'm sure they'll have guys uh, in Boston in a couple of weeks because, you know, that's when, you know, guys start getting to Boston, getting their you know places together and getting everything settled for the season. And they'll be up at our back center on their own, you know, working out. So I think it's a good thing. Is it like, oh, they're friends now. Like, they've always been friends. I just think this whole concept of, you know, they're in they're, they're rivals or whatever. They're not rooting for each other. Is It's not true. Um, I can say it from, like, I've seen it. We've all been there the last seven years. Like, I have not seen those guys. They're very good. Um, so I think it was a good thing for the season workout, get on the same page. They know how important this season is. This is the biggest season in the Celtics in, I can't remember, maybe since the 2008 season when it was, you know, Garnett, Pierce, and Allen, and they were going for a chip. And it was, they went all, Danny pushed all the, the chips in to get that chip. This might be the biggest season in 15 years. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I would agree with a lot of that. But the the thing that I think is starting to set them apart is for the longest time, they tried to push back whenever they were asked about, you know, their relationship. And then it got to a point where they just basically didn't give a damn. Uh, And now they realize that, yeah, you kind of need to give a damn about this because it, it, it does matter to your base. And that's really what that video does. It plays to their base and they know their base wants to see them together doing things as a unit uh i love the fact that there's this like this outward perception of tension between them because i think for them it 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 only amplifies the chip that they each have on their shoulders uh they i think they go into situations thinking that oh people don't think we can get along or people don't think we can play together let's just go out and get this series win let's go out and bust Giannis. let's go out there and and and, and, you know and, and give these other teams the business and let's just show these people that we can not only play together, but we can win together. And that's really what this comes down to. It ain't about whether you can put up 25 or 30 each. Can you win a championship? That is what this all comes down to. And I think to your point, Gary, I think you're right. I mean, this is the best opportunity I think they've had in terms of their roster, in terms of motivation, in terms of experience and all those things to win a championship. And, you know, he's he's not going to play a single minute of the game, but I'm, I'm saying it right now. Sam Cassell's 
print on this team is going to be significant for them to win a championship. Um, you know, he was out in Colorado working with Derek White, uh, you know, and that little things like that may not seem like that big a deal, but we all know Sam I am. Sam I am got a little edge to him. He got a little little grit and grind to him, and they, they need someone within that coaching staff who not only has that part of their DNA, but has won not one, not two, but three championships playing that style of basketball. So um, Jalen and JT's relationship, it's it's going to always going to be, I think, a little bit of tension there, but figuring out ways to amplify that and putting the right people around them to amplify it even more than they will, that's huge. Well, on the note of championships, this is like NBA Twitter at its peak, but I'm sure the two of you saw that Eric Lewis the NBA ref is actually retiring in light of the investigation into an alleged burner account and allegedly also being a Celtics fan. This is this is just a wormhole of, of content. But what do you two th- think about the investigation in itself? And what do you think it means for the landscape of refereeing in this game? You're muted. You got to. Wow. I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to touch on the Eric Lewis as a Celtics okay. fan. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I will say You're this: I have, had, I'm not trying to get I have had conversations with Eric Lewis. He's a good dude. I, okay. I, I genuinely like him as a person. Um, but this is the kind of stuff that when you get into this game, uh, you got to be smarter than that. Uh, you got to be smarter than to allow yourself to get caught up in situations that you know if this gets exposed, what's going to happen? You're going to be burned badly. Um, I think the investigation is going to run its course. I think the fear that everyone has is that uh, whatever revelations they come up or they come out of this with, will those revelations lead to a domino effect? Um, not the same as the, the Donahue stuff, clearly. But that being said, are there others like him who've got a bias towards another team? Like The, the thing I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen yet is like, what, what's the Celtics record when Eric Lewis is officiating? So I, it was an article where the account claimed, so I can't even say that I went and looked this up, but someone said that they were 54 and 29 with games that he officiated. And I remember when that played out during the playoffs, when people saw that account and they were like, this is obviously a person that's defending themselves. But because he decided to retire, I don't think the NBA, if they even started the investigation, they're going to go continue to go digging into it. They probably already know at this point. Well, but if they, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, if he's walking away from the game, it's yeah. it, it's so more likely than not that they'll just kind of look the other way and just say he gone. So w- yeah. w- what can we do? Why are we investigating someone who's no longer a rep? Yeah, that, that's what they said. that was their statement today on Wednesday. So that's mm-hmm. that's context for it, by the way, if you wouldn't realize. Yeah. I'm curious what Gary Washburn's thoughts are on this, though, because he hates referees. I'm, I mean, that, that's what I, I heard. That's what I heard. I heard he hates refs, but, you know. Whatever, man. Um, I didn't really ever – I mean, Eric Lewis was always, to me, a solid official, not one of the greats, but the best, but one, not one, definitely not someone that you were like, oh, it's Eric Lewis. You know, there's guys around the league and some ladies around the league that when you see them, you're like, okay, this is going to be some – Interesting, yeah, interesting calls, or there's going to be a tech here or two, or a, a strange review, or whatever, right? I always thought Eric Lewis was a respectable official. Um, you know, I don't know why he developed this burner account to kind of defend some of his calls. Um, Allegedly. Yes. And, you know, I think the NBA 
I mean, which I don't think, you know, is the t- most heinous thing. Obviously, this is not a Donahue situation where he's betting on game or nothing like that or, or anything to that effect. But I do think in this day and time, the NBA just wants nothing to do with like burner accounts, social media, referees. Like, you know, you got to take your ball and you got to go home. You have to accept your victories and your also your mistakes in terms of being official. There's calls you're going to get, calls you're going to miss. Um, you cannot listen to some of these. Oh well, the the Miami Heat's thirty-one and thirteen with such and such as the lead official. Like if you get into all that as an official, you know you, you you're losing your edge. Uh, you've got to be better than that. So I mean, Eric Lewis is a good longtime official. You know you hate to lose a quality official because I think what's happened over the last several years is a lot of the Good quality officials have retired. The Steve Javies and the Joey Crawfords and Sherrod's buddy, uh, the Fonz. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ken Mauer, man. Ken, Ken Mauer. That's my Ken guy. Ma- yeah. He's my guy in this, man. Uh, <laughs> Ken Mauer and, you know, there's, there's yeah. <laughs> Monty McCutcheon. There's guys who have retired. So there's been an influx of younger officials. And I'm talking about like, I mean, not to be funny, Kwani, like younger than you, like, you know, like <laughs> younger, <laughs> ain't even, ain't, ain't seen 30 yet. And there's, I'm on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I know. Um, um, so what Kwani happens is a young is, OG now, by the way, there, a, she's a young OG. She is getting to be the young OG status. So there's an influx of young officials who are making mistakes because they're young and they're going to be good. But there's a lot of what there's a lot of the what's happening is the players are having difficulties with the 30 somethings being officials because they're the respect level isn't quite there yet. They don't they're not gonna they're not gonna test the veteran guys, but they're gonna test the young officials. And some of the young officials are gonna cave into that, call a quick tech. You know, you gotta, you know, like remember the 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 Jason Tatum where he slammed the ball after a foul. And he got a tech for it, but he was mad at himself. Like it was like there's incidents that are going to happen like that until these referees start maturing and they know what they need to do and they get more of a tolerance. So it's it's sad to see Eric Lewis go because he's a quality veteran official. But just like the players, a lot of these officials are getting out the game, too. And, you know, there's going to have there's going to have to be an adjustment. Because if you look at the referees media guide and look at some of the birth dates, I mean, these guys, a lot of gals are under 30, 20, 27, 28. Like they're young. They're born in the 90s. I'm not being funny with that, but you always saw the, the official from back in the day as some crotchety 62-year-old, you know, that's a tick, that's a spot. Like, no, these these folks are 29, 30, 32, right? They're getting their cutting their chops in college ball in the G League. So we just have to wait for this transition to come where the referees get more experience. But, you know, unfortunately for Eric, it's not like he got kind of a sensitive skin. And as we all know, you can't listen to social media. You can't listen to your haters like that and respond too much. And then especially not a burner account. Absolutely. So good luck to Eric. Maybe he gets, to, maybe he goes to college ball. Maybe he, you know, work, gets a job in the league or whatever. But you hate to lose a quality official. 
Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It absolutely is. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Game sets ma.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account, a current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. Fair point. Let's get into the new schedule. The the Celtics 2023-2024 schedule dropped last week. And there are a lot of games that are going to be circled every year. You have a game that's going to be circled, a few games that are going to be circled. Season opener, they're playing at MSG. The home opener is a rematch with the Miami Heat, which is already going to be a spicy one, pun intended. But Marcus Smart returning to the TD Garden in February, I think that's probably one of the bigger ones that's highlighted just because of the fact that Marcus would have been with the Grizzlies for a minute at that point. He'll get his video. There'll be a lot going on. But one, what do you think? What are you looking forward to from that game specifically? But are there other games from obviously the Lakers is another one as well, but what game stands out to you two the most and for what reason? The the Marcus Smart return game is going to be a big one uh, because I, I think Memphis is going to, they're going to be one of the better teams out West. Uh, and if you're the Celtics, you've got to really start looking a lot closer at those top tier teams in the Western conference as teams you may see if you get to the point in the season end of the day where you want to be, which is in the NBA finals. Uh, but Marcus Smart, he's going to do like most former Celtics do when they come back. He's going to play a hell of a game. He's going to put up big numbers and he's going to make, he's going to have one of those, you know, one of those kind of nights, I think. Um, the game I'm looking forward to, and, and you touched on it, Kwani, is just that opener. I'm curious to see how is this team going to come out the gates? Uh, those first two or three games I'm looking forward to seeing because You've got a new addition in Porzingis. You've got Tatum and Brown in a, a little bit more expanded role in terms of leadership and things like that. You've got a bench that we really still don't have a sense of what that's going to look like in terms of, of how they play. And you're playing a New York team that if you're talking about playoff potential opponents, they're a legitimate first round opponent. You might see uh, Brunson, uh, who, you know, I think many of us agree is probably going to be an all-star this year. How is he, how are you going to deal with that guy? Uh, and then some of the other pieces. So I'm the, the opener against the Knicks, that's the game I'm really looking most forward to seeing simply because I think it really has the potential to kind of set the tone for what this team needs to do in order to win a championship. Yeah, the, the, I, 
I like, I mean, obviously the the Marcus return game would be big. It's going to be on Sunday night, nationally televised game. Uh, you know, so it'll be a big deal. I mean, the schedule's not easy. Nine of the first 14 are on the road. Um, it's an interesting schedule. Two games at Philadelphia a week apart, you know, so they're done with Philadelphia on the road on November 15th. I mean, they're done with the Sixers. They at Toronto and at Brooklyn. So they're getting all their, it's funny, like the first couple of weeks, they're really cleaning up on all those division road games. They're going to have a lot of home games um, on, on the second half of that schedule. Um, and and, and the, the Christmas Day game at L.A., I think, I mean, you know, me being a native Angelino, it's always been a big deal to have Christmas, but that's just think Celtics-Lakers on Christmas. I don't know if they've ever played on Christmas. I know they've both played at the same Christmas Day, but I don't know if they've ever played against each other. I'd have to do research on that. I think that's a huge deal. Just the Celtics-Lakers at the Staples Center or whatever it's now, Crypto.com Arena on Christmas Day. Um, and then that trip, Golden State, SAC, tough game, Clippers, and then Lakers. So four-game road trip. Uh, very difficult on, on that. And then some of the, you know, I just think the interesting, that end of the season, like long road trip where they go to Detroit, Chicago, two in Atlanta, New Orleans, and Charlotte. That, that could be a key trip. They have six of their last seven at home. Um, so a lot of road game, long road trip, Cleveland, Denver, Phoenix, Portland, Utah in March. So they got their work ahead of them, uh, cut off for them, I should say. So, uh, I think it's a unique schedule, um, and a lot of challenging teams, right? Like Sherrod said, New York and Miami, then that tricky game at Washington where the Wizards ain't going to be as bad as people think because they got Kuzma and, um, Jordan, you know, Jordan Poole now. And Indiana, then Brooklyn and Minnesota and Philadelphia. So a lot of good challenging games to start the season. Uh, like Sherrod said, I'm intrigued about that game at home against Miami. Do they, you know, the, the, we don't know what the Heat are going to bring. Is Lillard going to be in that game? Is it just going to be who's playing for the Heat? We don't know, right? So uh, is it going to be Tyler Hero in that game? Or is that who's going to be playing for Miami? Because they haven't done anything in the offseason. But if I'm the Celtics and I'm mad, I'm slapping them that game, trying to prove a point. And the Knicks, too. Like, they lost three out of four last year to the Knicks. They lost to the Heat in the playoffs. Like, make a statement. Come out like they did last year and start punching fools in the mouth first. Get yourself together. Get that number one seed like, uh, and, and keep it going. That's what I think they need to do. So, um, nine, but nine of the first 14 on the road, difficult schedule to, to begin with. And I did some research while you were talking. The Celtics last played the Lakers on Christmas in 2008. Before that was 1970. The Celtics wow. won, lost the one in 2008. The Lakers also won the last. Actually, the Lakers are undefeated on Christmas against the Celtics. I am reading. But what, but point, some, some, but yeah. point, something else happened in 2008 too, though. Yes, but that was in. Technically, if we're going by the date, the Celtics had won. They won a chip before that, right? Yeah. But they won yeah. in that calendar. But in that, ca in that calendar year, in that calendar year, they got that chip. That's that hood research Gary be talking about. Uh, in the calendar year, see, in the calendar year, they won a chip. Hood research brought to you by the A-List podcast. Oh boy. 
<laughs> it's your fault. You started it, right? Well, you, you know, we're just catching anyway, up. Anyway, moving on. What, yeah. Kwani, what do you think of the schedule? What, what's your thoughts? I like the schedule, obviously. I always like the schedule. I think the game that stands out to me the mo- obviously every game in the east stands out but those two philly games you mentioned are going to be interesting those aren't like big circle on your calendar but just curious to see what exactly philadelphia is going to do we've talked about them over the last few weeks as well but just the east figuring out who's going to come out i think every season we've gotten to a point where we know that the celtics are the better team but someone ends up sneaking up behind them and improving that they want it more so I think just at the beginning of the the first half of the season figuring out weeding out the Eastern Conference is the Miami Heat going to be as good as we think they are is Milwaukee going to continue to keep up with their momentum what's Toronto doing the Knicks maybe they're going to be a team that finally surprises everyone including Spike Lee so I'm just very curious to see what the East brings because I feel like the West is always going to be like obviously the dominant conference at this point yeah, that's all I got. Anything selfish, else? Selfishly, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to when Minnesota comes to town because Anthony Edwards is a oh. bad man. He is a bad man. I love watching him play. Um, he's just he, they went reposted him too. Actually, I, I think it was like oh, two weeks ago. They mm-hmm. do a video of him talking or something. Like he's that. just got a and, and the thing about it for for those of us in the media, he's great to deal with because he's got a personality. And he's not trying to like filter it and to fit into whatever news hole you're trying to create. He's just going to be him. Um, so much respect to Anthony Edwards. Um, January 10th, Sharadi, come to the garden. I'm going to be there. Trust. Yep. Trust. They, they play at Minnesota before that. Um, yeah. Like November or something. But um, November 6th, I think. But yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Anthony Edwards fan. Big fan. And we also and can't we didn't talk about the e game. e January 13th. Saturday night. Uh, and I might be there for that one. Emay's return game. That's to be interesting. Ooh, does he get a That's video? a nice... He doesn't get oh, a Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. I wanted a video so badly. <laughs> I... What? I will Kwani, what, kind of, Kwani, what kind of video you want? I don't know. What kind of video are you talking... What kind of video Gary, are you talking can about? She, can she elaborate on Please this video? Please that off. I know. What video... What video you mean? What kind of what you trying to? What kind of video would you like to for the fans to watch? Should you love him walking well, up and down? Kwani is trying to walk away from this. Garage is like, hold up, where, where you no. going? Hold Wait, up, we're done. Kwani, what you talking about a video? Anyway, moving on. You want a video? The Denver Nuggets. I'm sure there's videos out there. Oh boy, did he go there? <laughs> I'm just he saying. went there. What kind of video you? I mean, Kwani, to be specific. I meant a tribute. You don't you want to say video. Because the running joke is that when players or coaches come back, they get a tribute. You know this. He Try know that. Right now. <laughs> a but tribute I'm, for what? Trying to embarrass her in front of her mama, Gary. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> a tribute for what? <laughs> it was a joke. Oh. He does not get a tribute video for those that did not understand <laughs> the joke. Because I have to. Oh, boy. But. Well, I was that's why we're not letting you on the conference. That's why Cal can't come in the conference. That's exactly why, because y'all keep disrupting people. The Denver Nuggets, are y'all looking forward to that game in, I believe it's January? No. No? No. I'm not. Jokic is going to do what he does, whether it's Denver, Boston, Illinois, or USA. He's that good. And Denver, I think it's going to, it's for them, it's going to be really tough to defend that championship because 
talent-wise, I just think everything came together perfect storm for them last year. They had the right matchups at the right time. Uh, they had their guys healthy. And it's hard to replicate that type of synergy when you don't have a team that is head and shoulders better than others. Uh, you know, and they're not. They're a good team, and they deserve to win that championship. They earned it. But they're not head and shoulders better than anyone in the NBA, where you can just look at them when you talk about the top teams that are legitimate title contenders. Denver, I don't believe – can just roll, walk out there and win a championship. They, they're going to need some things to break their way, just like it for the Celtics to win a championship. Some things are going to have to break their way as well. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to, from the standpoint, it's the game that'll be up at that point in the schedule. But I don't think it's like a defining type of if they win, they're going to win a championship. If they lose, they're done. It's I, I don't I don't get that vibe from that game, and I don't think there's any messages um, that win or lose you can you can take away from that game. Because I don't think Denver's going to be there, to be honest. Out west. I don't yep. think they're coming out the west. Yeah. I really Who's don't. coming out the west, Sherrod? I, I want Memphis to come Memphis. out the west. I want Memphis, too. That's who I want to come out. Yeah. But I, it's as too much I, as it pains me to say, the, the Lakers seem like they, I mean, they're built for that. Uh, I think to make a deep playoff run, they're gonna, but they're going to need some breaks. They're going to need LeBron to just dial it back a couple years health-wise, and, and Anthony Davis to be the anti-Anthony Davis. He, listen, Anthony Davis Hall of Famer needs to be on the floor, not street clothes Anthony Davis, because uh, that dude is not good. Um, they're going to be in the mix. But, I, I, I mean, I want Memphis, but I think L.A. will probably come out of the West. What about you, Gary? Who you got coming out the West? That's a good question. Because uh, a lot of lot, that's because you asked. Me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we haven't talked about the Phoenix Suns. I was like going to say, why didn't the mention their the big three? I mean, is that going to work out? And they don't have a lot of depth, but um, quite honestly, that they could be a great team. You know, let's see how KD Beal and Devin Booker work out. The Clippers, do they have one one final run in them with Kawhi and George? Um, you know, Paul George. I mean, what happens there? Do they get James Harden? Uh, this, the West is wide open. Is Sacramento going to make kind of – are they going to be better than they were last year? What about Golden State with Chris Paul? So I think the West is very competitive. Right now, I got to say, you know, probably – like you're right, Sherrod, I think the Lakers could probably be – you could maybe consider them the favorites because they brought everybody back. Austin Reeves playing great ball in FIBA. Hachibura. I mean, they 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 brought some guys. You know, they added to that roster training camp. Um, so, I think the West is going to be as competitive as ever. And I think if you look at the Denver Nuggets, they lost Bruce Brown, they lost Jeff Green. Um, so, so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna need Christian Braun to step up, and a young guy who I happen to know uh, through some a family friend. Peyton Watson, uh, a kid from UCLA who kind of was maybe redshirted last year, played some G League, and he's going to have to have a breakout year and help them come off the bench and kind of take that Bruce Brown role. So the, they got some young guys ready, so we'll see how that goes. But I got to say the Lakers, I guess. Uh, I need to see Golden State. I think we all need to see Golden State and how they work out with Paul without Jordan Poole, whether that works. Uh, Sacramento, I think, is a sneaky team. I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to rest on their laurels and just say, oh, we made the playoffs. We're good. You know, but, but being better, the hardest thing is we know 
following the Celtics is going from good to great. That's the hardest step to make is the good to elite. So I think the West is 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 going to be treacherous. Uh, it's going to be very fun. And then who knows? Our, our friend Kyrie and and Luca and Dallas. So you don't say nobody don't nobody believe in Dallas. Um, and and y'all room for Memphis. As long as Jod act, don't act a fool, exactly. I think they're very competitive. But he's going to yes. miss the first 25 games. How, how far does that put them back? Um, missing missing a third of the season. Um, that's a bad thing. But how, but how far does that put Marcus forward with kind of reigning in the team and finally I, having something he can take control of? In- yeah, I, I, they're going to be a much more defensively foundational team in those first 25 games. And then it becomes a matter of Ja coming back and reintegrating himself into what I think is going to be a good, good team. I think I would not be surprised. Worst case scenario for me, for them, those 25 games Ja's out is 15 and 10. I think they'll be closer to 20 and five than 15 and 10. They'll be somewhere Ooh, in that 20 range. and five. Oh, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. I, I, I think they're going to be good. Uh, Cause they got dogs now. They got dogs with attitude and edgy. You don't think Marcus Smart is is, seeing, is chomping at the bit to get back out there and show that the Celtics screwed this up? You don't yeah, think when I agree. They, and you don't think when they play like the Celtics, he is going to be all up in Malcolm Brogdon's jersey like a. You know what it's going to be like, Gary? Weird. Remember, remember Jay Crowder and Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Remember how uncomfortable that got. Hmm. It's going to be that on a much more, I think, calmer base and not as animosity, but the the energy, the the edge is going to be there. Because Marcus, though, that's the dude. That's why I'm, that's why I'm not in Boston. I mean, that's if Malcolm is playing, though. That's a whole if he's yeah. healthy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Quani, Quani with a little little shade. Did you see that, Gary? She got a little shade. shade. It was more of a still a little red flag of what's his health. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's she that's makes the point. Flag. She makes a good point. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Mama watching, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it go. Good point. Good point. I think that's all I have. Well, I say that's all I have. Sherrod is the one who wrote the rundown, but that's all Sherrod has for the podcast this week. <laughs> oh, so now she went from shooting guard to point guard to strip. You know, I, gotta, I see how she did that. Right, I see how she did that. No, I was going to No, wait, well, wait a minute now. Remember? They talked, remember they brought in, now they haven't signed anybody, but oh. our friend TJ Warren. And Lamar Stevens. So, um, who do y'all think? Who? Okay, so it's a, it's we're, it's a we're who do we it's think? A month who left do we before want? camp. Yeah, like like our my friend Kelly Bray is still unsigned. He's still out there. Like there's no one signed, right? Our friend Romeo Langford did sign a training camp contract with Utah. So good luck to Romeo. Danny is not giving up on him. Danny is not. Javale McGee. I saw he's on. He's Javale McGee's now out there. But um, like no one's really signed in the last week. So now we're getting down to four weeks before training camp. Who do you think that they should bring in? Did, did you do you like anything like about Lamar Stevens or TJ Warren? Um, and why or why not? I want them to sign TJ Warren just because I like TJ Warren. I've always loved TJ Warren back when he was at NC State. Uh, hell of a score, but he, he's lost a step or two, uh, to say the least. Uh, I don't know how much value he would get out of him bringing him. Stevens has upside. Uh, Stevens has that that nice balance of youth, but not real young. 
Uh, he's 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 a young, not even a young vet, just a young player with with a little bit of experience under his belt, enough to where you don't feel like you got to hold his hand and teach him how to play the game. Uh, I, I think he could be a guy that could potentially work his way into being borderline rotation guy uh, who can win you a couple games this season. Uh, and that's to me, when you're looking at guys at the end of your bench, that's what you want. Can this guy on, on some random night win us a game? Does he have that in him? And Stevens, I think, has that, that potential in him. Uh, so he would be the guy, I, if I had have my pick of the guys that they've worked out, he would be the guy that I would bring in. Uh, Kelly Oubre um, makes so much sense, Gary. That's why I'm going to have to dismiss it because it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense to bring in a guy that you can get for well below his market value because the market for what he does has dried up. And so you're going to get a steal if you bring him in. But will he embrace the fact that he would have a very uh, he wouldn't have the kind of role that I think he's looking for at this point in his career because he's trying to get paid. It ain't going to happen this year. So he, in his mind, am I better off playing for a championship contender, but a very small limited role, or should I go to a bum squad that's going to pay me more than they will and will give me like 25, 30 minutes a night to show that I can play. That's a tough call to make. Cause, cause Gary, I, I don't like messing with nobody money. Uh, and if it's like, you know, rotation guy, making eight, nine million versus uh borderline rotation guy making three, four million on a really good team. I'm not gonna fault that dude for cook for taking that check. So I I think that for Kelly, I think that's what this is about. Now it's who's gonna pay me the most money? Um because there's enough teams that could use the services. That that's not even to me debatable, but who's going to pay the most for what he can deliver? And the Celtics, I just don't think are going to be in a position to do that. You mentioned we like Stevens. I think there's a plus side to both of them, but what do you think? Do you think he brings enough defensively to the table that I wouldn't feel Marcus is void, but is good enough to at least sustain the Celtics? Because they still need, obviously, they need more help in front court, but like the defensive presence, who is going to be that guy? And do you think Stevens could be that? Well, I think, go ahead, Gary. No, I think, well, I think Brissett's a guy. Sherrod's yeah, we did again. talk about yeah, we did talk about Brissett last week. Oh, yeah. Brissett. Oh boy. Yeah, oh my god. There's a guy that they're gonna use. Stevens is a little smaller than Brissett, yeah. but he's a guy who really make a defensive difference, get that tough rebound. The only issue with him is his three-point shooting. Now he's not gonna shoot a lot of threes, let's be honest. But he's gonna get left open a lot at the three-point line. Can he hit the knock down that open corner three? Right? I think he's 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 is his three ball. I think it's at 31% up and down. You want him to improve that. To me, he's 25 years old. He's healthy. I liked him last year in Cleveland. He was one of those dog guys that you never heard of. You didn't probably never heard of him in college or whatever, who's just come and made himself a career. I like, I used to like TJ Warren. I mean, I saw him in the bubble score 52 points in the game when he was in Indiana. It's just over the last few years, it's been totally injury prone. And you don't know, in, in, in that situation, I think you've got to question his toughness. Like, is he going to be one of those guys that's going to give you 50 games and that's it? Like, they need a healthy TJ Warren because TJ gives you buckets. Now, we all know that. That's what TJ do. Stopping anybody. Rebound and oh, but TJ gave you buckets. So does that threaten Sam Hauser's role? Like is Sam Hauser ready to take a step forward 
and play and hit threes off the bench. So I think they have to be careful when you bring in a guy like a TJ Warren, who's like, oh, I'm playing, right? Like, where are my minutes? And and then you got Hauser, who had flashes, but then got into Joe's doghouse, joining Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams in that doghouse. Uh, and what is he capable of this year? I more prefer Stevens for defensive presence, um, but I still do think they need a more scoring punch off the bench. And we still haven't talked about our friend who's still out there, Blake Griffin, who is steady. He said, wow, Kwani, uh, you killed all that hope. You killed that joy. Kwani's um, like, no. Get the step in, huh? But to me, you know, do they do they need a Blake? Do they need another big? They do. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Absolutely. You know, um, the hard part is so, figuring out: is he a veteran type big, or is he a? He's not a Robert. Robert Williams is on this developmental path, so you don't want him too young. Like you need someone right down the middle at this point. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Rob's near in the peak of that whole development conversation. That's what we talk about he, him all the time too. It's like, yeah, he, he this this might be the time to to like seriously start investing in like a young big that you're gonna spend two three years from the jump knowing you're gonna need two to three years to develop this guy. Because yeah. um, Rob, you know, he is who he is, and I don't know if he's gonna get significantly better at this point because there are things he does when he's healthy that no one on your squad can do, but there are things that you would hope that after being in the league for three, four, five years that he would do better than he's doing now. Uh, he's still got no office game at all. Uh, and for a guy with that type of athleticism to not have one or two signature moves at the offensive end of the floor, it's a head scratcher. It's a head scratcher. It is one of the, to me, one of the biggest mysteries in the Celtics whole development plan with their guys. Cause he's the one guy who hasn't developed in a way that, logically makes sense everyone else that they've had who was a young player three four years later it makes sense the pattern that, that they established but rob makes no sense at all yeah all right well that's all i have are you are you good gary you you said everything you need to say <laughs> i am good have you had enough to eat gary are you full son no. do you need another because <laughs> you know you're not getting we're not coming this... to the picnic we're not bringing you to the picnic so this you just need to make sure you got of... Let me know what kind of box of wine y'all want to the barbecue because com- we coming. <laughs> <laughs> All well, my cow homies are coming. We appreciate the listeners for sticking around on this episode. Maybe next week we'll find out if Cal has a new home. That's what we call the tease in TV. Thank you for listening to the A-List Podcast. For a I'm Blakely. I'm Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. Again, thank you for listening. New FanDuel customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube at YouTube TV. 